if it's a better configuration, nothing will work. So it's better than for some stuff to work with the wrong data. I think that's the, the reason insecurity. Stuff should break before a data compromise could happen. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, Head of Developer Relations at Aquilas, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. Welcome back, everyone, to the DevSec for Scale podcast. My name is Jeremy Hess from Achilles, and with me today is a great guest. His name is Yoav Turjuman Levy, and he's a senior DevOps at a company called Harmonia, a really cool startup. We'll get into a little bit more details about that. Yoav, thanks for joining me. And before we talk about you and the background and the company, uh, let's get right to it. Tell me, why do you think developer access is so hard to secure? Well, hi, Jeremy, and thank you for having me. Uh, great meeting you again. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about developer access and why it's so hard to secure. Um, so I've been moving around, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, and I've seen many flavors of developers. And one of the things that's common about developers is everyone wants the highest permission all the time. Everyone wants to be an admin because they don't want any restriction on them. So everyone wants to get uh, the asterisk uh, permissions. Like I can do anything on every uh, kind of resource that I want to do. Um, Cause if not, they are like, uh, they can't work as they want. They, they stack into a barrel and then they sit. Developers like love to be either sitting and waiting and like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I don't have any permission. So I have to wait. So there is this kind of a fine line that you need to walk all the time and to see how far can I give them privilege to do these kind of actions without any actual giving them their full control so they can also wreck stuff without knowing, uh, without even knowing what to do. I think most of the tension between DevOps and developers is like, oh, developer X, why did you done this stuff? Oh, DevOps Y, please fix the problems that they did. If you haven't had the permissions from the, from the get-go, then we wouldn't be in this kind of situation now. So I think there's always kind of this tension between the DevOps and the developers, how far or how long of a rope I can give them to work with on the system. Um, So that's one part. And the second part is not all developers are really good at uh, securing. Um, I can give one developer admin, but uh, as you all know, we all prone to um, social engineering. And lots of developers fall for phishing attempts or for, you know, just leaving their computer open and someone taking it. Lots of stuff that can happen to developers. So not only that you're supposed to give them the least amount of privilege, you're supposed to also kind of uh, safe keeping it from them. So in case it got compromised or they leave the keys to somewhere else, they use the same password also in their own computer, in the personal computer, and someone hacks their personal computer, um, you should secure that as much as you can. So there's like a really tricky part of trying to keep the access as, as contained as possible. Yeah, so definitely from both ends, you have to figure out what's the best uh, the, the best way to figure out, you know, the balance uh, for sure. So Yoav, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, can you give us just a little bit about your background and uh, get a little bit into what Harmonia does? 
Uh, sure. So my name is Yoav. I'm uh, I'm in the tech industry for almost like 10 years. Um, before that, I was in a A200. Um, and in the last uh, six years or seven years, I think I'm a DevOps full-time. Uh, been through large companies like Nice and IronSource and the medium companies like Wiser and Logs.io and in small startups, Converge that got sold and now Harmonia. So I've been around a pretty long year and seen all kinds of different of cycles. So right now I'm working in a cool startup named Harmonia. And what this startup do is a startup that is uh, doing data enrichment for retail companies. So big companies like give us the uh, item catalog and we enrich them and tell new stories about these products. Um, also, we're working on the retail side like that also give us product data and we enrich it and give it some more information for companies to use. So um, instead of buying like uh, cereals or stuff like that, you can search for uh, breakfast cereal or for search for food that helps you uh, bring your immune system. It was really big during the coronavirus. So we help add some more uh, value to the catalog there is for the products. Um, yes, and it's pretty uh, interesting. It's a very high uh, amount of data and traffic and a, a big amounts of machine learning models. So, uh, and all very sensitive, sensitive data, right? That uh, companies don't want to be sharing with just anybody, right? Yeah, so not, I think one of our biggest problem or our biggest challenges working in Harmonia is, uh, is securing the data of the, of the customers. Doesn't want to share its selling data with anyone in the world. Not only that, because we're, we, we're working with, we're using GCP because we don't want even for a slight chance of Amazon and data to, to mingle. So we're putting as much barriers as we can, as, as we should, to separate the data of the customer. So none of the customer's data will interfere. We don't want for to know about sales and vice versa. So we're using lots and lots of protections, lots of uh, hard barriers, like different projects in Google and different access for each developer. So if you want to work on, on data, you have to physically log in as a different user. Um, yeah, because of the sensitivity of data, we have to be really, really strict um, because eventually, and I think it's true for most startup, if you have data breach, then that's it. Uh, end of so game. where does that where does that work from from let's say an architectural level when you're building the system and then you have developers obviously obviously logging into different remote machines and all that. So how do you ensure from you know the lower level that developers are you know separated in their access and all that? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's like the, the, our main challenge and there's several ways for us to enforce it. Uh, if you asked before why developer access so hard to secure it, let's think about it. A developer wants to work on data. So we have two options, maybe to do SSH and log into a remote server and working like that on the terminal, you know, only with black interface or download the data for his own local machine, for his own local uh, computer and open a text editor, open all of the stuff that you can have on his own personal computer and working on from there. Um, but then he wants to move and do some related tasks. So he's downloaded the data to his own computer and that's it. The, this developer broke all of our security and has both of the data set on the same computer, which is not like a data breach, but you know, kind of a 
security risk, security hazard. So um, we have several stuff, several uh, enforcement. First of all, um, we have different environment for each customer. So uh, before multi-tenancy and before sharing any resources, we want to keep each uh, customer on its own project uh, because we're working with Google Cloud, it's called project. So each one of the, the which one of the accounts gets its own project. So data can't be transformed between them. It gets its own network and its own VPC. Um, and on that machines, we're putting VMs and secure them with Cloudflare. Um, so if you want to log in, you have to verify as one of the workers in Harmonia. And we also have this kind of role-based access groups inside to tell which developer can access to which machines um, because of the task force. So we want only these kind of developers to working only on the features for and the other data scientists to work only on the features for um, uh, yes, so we're trying to make as much physical barriers as we can and as much um, to be as hard as you could to log into yeah. these interfaces. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so um, in terms of separating, that's one thing, but what about making sure that everyone has the right access uh, to the right data, right? So not just, you know, authorizing users uh, to use the machines, but you know, the access that they have to data, let's say they're supposed to work, they can't work on all data, they're given, you know, only access to, you know, certain customer data, and they're not giving access to other customer data. Uh, how do you actually ensure complete separation, you know, for developers that really shouldn't be touching any specific data? Yeah, so I think it's not only for developers, it's, only for the, it's also for the services themselves. We have, uh, we're using Google Secret Manager and we're uh, really happy about it. So we have a strict configuration that fails, that stuff will not work. Each one of the data, I will call it the data artifact, has its own versioning and its own tags. And also each services has its own versioning and its own tags. So if one of the client secrets try to reach a configuration and get the data without its proper tag of then the build fails and the application just won't work. That's the work for us. So we're kind of uh, forcing it on each part of the artifacts and each part of the services through configuration. And we really believe in configuration as an enforcer because if it's a bad configuration, nothing will work. So it's better than for some stuff to work with the wrong data. I think that's the, the reason in security. Stuff should break before a data compromise could happen. And uh, yeah, after we have all that, we have also different DNS domains for each one of the customers. And um, yeah, I think also the, the separation in Google really, really helps. So no one can accidentally like, oh, I worked on the wrong machine. No, you're in a different project. You can't work on the on the same machine. I worked in different companies that has everything you have in the same account in AWS. So people get mixed all the time between deploying to staging and deploying to production. One person wants to work on his own dev computer, and then he accidentally enters to the pod machine. Um, we'll get we'll get into those at the tips at the end, which I'm sure you'll yeah. you'll give us some some ideas for developer security. Uh, so uh, moving forward, I, well, you know, how does your work at you know larger organizations like Logs.io in the past compare to working in you know a startup 
you know, small company type of world in terms of how the security works on, on, you know, different levels. Yeah. So I think what's interesting in that, uh, that's also one part of the reason that they joined to a startup company. Sometimes after the work, long time in the industry, you want to do stuff right. And in your own way. So joining a startup, you have the opportunity to lead and lead with your own vision about how technical stuff should happen. Because you I are think, the first DevOps employee yeah, I'm the at, first at DevOps. Harmonia. Yeah. Exactly. And the first DevOps. So I'm putting all the, all the manuals and all the procedures to know how to work and all the stuff like that. I build the infrastructures as the vision that I've seen. Right. I think Logdale one was one of the best companies that I worked with, uh, also security-wise. But the thing is, with Logdale, uh, we had a really difficult process of getting SOC 2 compliance uh, because every company wants compliance. When you start a small startup, you don't really care about uh, security. So you go with the flow, you uh, save your secrets, uh, sometimes as plain text uh, on your computer or in your phone, and you don't actually use kind of a secret management and you put lots of stuff hard-coded and build them like that so you can't access. But when you become a bigger company and you have lots of services and the scale of logs I had, you have so many services that need to talk to each other. So as we said, they need to have special permissions. So like each microservice have to have the specific permission and a specific secret to talk to other services. Um, so only the process of, of adding a secret manager after you build this gigantic company and work for several years with plain text passwords um, and stuff like that, bring it all back in is a, is a really pain. It takes for one, for us, it took like two people time for over a year to install a vault, which didn't work. So we turned to Achilles, which helped us a lot. And uh, yeah, I think it's like really hard to enforce security stuff after you created a whole complex. So one of the parts and my reason for, for talking about security so much is when the security is started from the ground level, it's so hard for the, it's so easy for the company to grow with the security uh, in mind and all the compliance that will be in the future will be easy since from the beginning, you put the guidelines and you put the measures of the security uh, as the company starts. So the company will grow with all the security in place instead of trying and enforce the security above after this whole uh, tech stack is already complete. So Absolutely. yeah, use security from the beginning. <laughs> Great. And uh, just our final question to uh, cap off the episode, I ask all my guests, uh, just give us one or two tips that you have uh, for devs that they could use today that could help them just be more secure in general uh, without taking too much of their cycles? Yeah, so I think my first tip for everyone is a MFA, multi-factor authentication, or put, put an app on your phone and link everything to it. The amount of phishing attacks, and as long as the world gets more uh, you know, crazy and there's more technologies, there are new phishing attacks and new ways to get your data from you. But if you use two-factor authentication, you reduce this risk by 90%. Because when you don't have your phone in your pocket, or if someone tried to get your access, you will get a notification on your phone in advance. And you all almost all the time with your phone. So it's not really a risk. And you control every access that you get to each one of your uh, main 
services, also for your bank account or for your Gmail account, put MFA on everything that you can. So that's my like number one tip, hands down. Uh, and the second tip is use secret manager and configuration management. I really believe in configuration and I believe that hard coding is really hard to, it's like uh, really good at the startup level and the beginning, but as long as you grow, you need a central configuration, a central place to secret management and to put it after you created your whole infrastructure is much harder than to put it in the beginning. So I think this is my two tips. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. Great, great advice. Uh, Yoav, it was fantastic to have you. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, I think that we learned a ton from this episode. So I uh, look forward to having you in the future uh, in another episode and maybe uh, at a future meetup as well. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, we will be in touch. Have a really great day. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me. And also have a great day.